When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi guys, this is Janny from Fancy Football Scout and you're listening to my team selection. If you'd like to watch live, the stream happens on YouTube every Wednesday. So if you're interested, just search Fancy Football Scout. Thanks for listening. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning and welcome to Janny's team selection on the Fancy Football Scout video channel. Hopefully you can hear me this week because I'm Seb, I'm your host. And I'm still learning the ropes, but someone who isn't learning the ropes, someone who knows what they're doing, someone who makes me look very poor in daylight, I normally do this in the evening, is Gianni Batici. Hello, Gianni, how are you? Hello, mate. It's lovely to be here. I've missed chatting with you on Scout. We obviously used to do our watch-alongs together, and I've obviously been keeping an eye on all your brilliant work on Scoutcast and the deadline streams, but brilliant to be doing my team selection with you. Um, Az has got to prove himself to come back a better manager next week with his poor season so far. So, um, yeah, it's been... It's, I'm looking forward to the next 45 minutes or so. And guys in the chat, let us know that our audio is good. Let us know that you can <laughs> yeah. hear us. Um, but um, looking forward to engaging with you guys as well. Do give us a like and a subscribe if you like what you're seeing. Oh, ever the expert. Look at him. Look at him plugging it already. <laughs> so, I mean, how have you been since we've last spoken? Before we get into the interminist degree, yeah. it's been a little while. How's your season gone in general? Um, okay. Like I, as always, my team looked different game week one to most. It was far from the, I do, I don't know why, like my chip strategy is always different and my, my team's always set up game week one slightly different. So my chip strategy last year, I was looking back at the end of the season, like all, all managers do. And I had an okay season. I finished at 16k, thought I was going to make the top 10k at, at one point, um, but I had a few bad weeks. The KDBs, the city stuff, the KDB hat trick really killed me. Um, but I used all my chips, all of them, in a different time to the majority last year, like even wild cards and stuff. And this time around, and we're going to speak later, I am not looking to wild card game week eight or nine. Again, I'm doing things differently. And I didn't start game week one with the big at the back, like a lot did. And it probably cost me a little bit early, but my best week of the season was probably um, this week. It was probably the week just gone. And we're going to see my team shortly. And that's because big at the back didn't work this week. And the weeks where big at the back didn't work, I have a better, a bigger week on the average. But I do think as everyone wildcards in game week eight, nine, I will have a pretty template team. Like I think, yeah. And look, whilst I'm saying my team hasn't been template, don't get me wrong, it's not been full of differentials. I've had all the big dogs. I've been captain in Harland. I've had Salah. I've had Cancelo. I've had Trent. It's just been a few little tweaks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been a good season. I'm happy. I'm at around I'm just over half a million. I've had a big green. 
And I like the direction my team's going. And I'd like to think that a lot of teams that are wildcarding are moving, not necessarily to my team, but to the similar sort of fund in the right places to what my team has. So for example, having that third forward spot that my team has, going a bit lighter at the back that my team has, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, isn't that always the way? You don't want the team from last week. You want the team that's going to do next week. And so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think when it comes to the template, you know my thoughts on that with... I'm not too worried about looking at template effective ownership and all that. It's as much a case of just getting who I think is going to do well. And if that's different or the same as everyone, fine. And the interesting thing about the template always is the idea that, okay, you know, 80% of people own Haaland, 80% of people own Jesus. But when you start going Haaland, Jesus, Salah, Trent, Cancelo, James, you start getting five or six. The amount of people who own all of them is like 3% or something. Yeah. So you can almost be differential by compounding the players that everyone has. So I think it's not always that straightforward. I am seeing in the chat, just before we get into the... Uh, yeah, the just stuff, seen it too. Yeah. Should we, uh, should we have a little chat about that when we come to your team later? Yeah. So for, so for anyone not in the chat, just yeah, listening along. Let's. It sounds like Tuchel has been sacked and we do have Chelsea expert Janny. Chelsea have tweeted it. Oh, wow. That would be really interesting. For, I mean, the three at the back, if that goes, Rich James. Interesting to see what happens with him, even Kukurea as well. Yeah, and I don't know what managers are available. And I'm thinking the manager is so dependent on the formation that comes in. Yeah, you look at your resources and go, I'm going to play wingbacks because that's how the squad's been built. Or you go, I'm Pochettino and I play a back four, therefore I'm playing a back four or whatever. Sean Dyche, get him in. (laughs) Okay, so before we get into your points and your team, we will have a little bit of a chat about Fantasy Fives. Johnny, would you like to... I mean, I don't think I've done this, so introduce me to this. Yeah, so it's a five-a-side team, but uh, Fantasy Five, they'll pick five fixtures for you and you are picking one asset in that fixture to beat their points target. So the points target you'll see a set. So 6.5 might be a points target of any given player. That means you need seven points. It's the same as FPL scoring. Midfielders get five points for a goal, for example. Things like bonus points are out of the equation. But you're you're picking five players from five fixtures. So those that you think will perform just like an FPL will likely perform in Fantasy Five as well. So last week, we didn't have the best week, uh, as and I always do this collectively. And look, we promised us ourselves and when we win 10K... We're going to have a big night out in Vegas. So if we win this week, Seb, and we'll see our selection coming up in the next sort of 20 minutes or so, then we'll be going to Vegas in the next couple of days with a bit of luck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so talk yeah. me through how you did last week here then. So, I mean, what I'm seeing is that you got nothing right. That's my takeaway from this. Yeah, yeah? It's, yeah. and some weeks no one wins that 10K because, it, it, you know, it's not a gimme by any stretch. Um, and of course, some weeks people do win. So it wasn't the best of weeks. I We usually go for players that we picked out during the stream. So once we've spoken about, so for example, we're speaking about Sinistera and I was like, oh, I haven't got him on my FPL team. Maybe we could put him in, in Fantasy Five. Um, so yeah, not the best week. And if you, of course, go for the teams um, that are likely to win the games, then those players come with higher targets so you know your man city players are always way higher if man city are playing bournemouth your bournemouth targets in that fixture will be super super low um so yeah it's it's a bit of fun but it's good fun lovely so i think looking at this it does look like it was possible to win it this week i guess um because if i understand it correctly obviously players need to hit a certain threshold sometimes that might not happen looks like a few did here are there any like tactics that you use to kind of <clears throat> to kind of get this like i mean Obviously, you know, in fantasy, it's the old, like, the super simple stuff, like, don't pick Kante, even though it's amazing. Yeah. What, 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 how does it work in this? What sort of is a good pick? My, my good picks are often the ones where you go, where can I see an upset? Because when big team plays small team, 
and the minnows win that game, your players have got super low targets. So it's where can you see an upset? And that might be based on form, but it could be based, sorry, Seb, I said the F word. Um, oh, or it, no, it, no, 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 no. It, it could be, it could be based on the fact that Man City have had a long journey in Seville, but the team they're playing has had a nice week off on the training ground and has a new manager bounce or whatever. So you, you look for any little advantage, a bit like FPL, but with FPL, we're always bringing players in for long stretches, aren't we? Um, with a view to the long term, at least this is like a free. It's when you're building a free hit. Who is going to bang in any given week? So again, it's it's a little bit, a little bit like the free hit. It's a bit of fun. Nice, nice. Let's move on to how you did last week. Oh um, yes, come on. Oh, I am. I think what thirty more points than me. No good. It's a good thing this isn't my video. It's a very good thing it's yours. I want to speak no more about my team. Why don't you talk us through the team you've got here? Your successes, your failures, which are few and far between and what move did you make going into this week yeah um I was really I'll start with my transfer I was really pleased with my transfer because he came in and got eight points Trippier I brought Trippier in who did I sell I can't even remember um uh who did I sell I owned ah Perisic I sold Perisic because of the fixtures you know it was only and we didn't think he'd start and then the Champions League and then it's Man City but Melier the one-pointer um, and for podcast listeners, I'll run through it very quickly. Trent with one, Cancelo two, Trips with eight, Nico Williams with four, Martinelli two, Salah three, Gundogan two. But then up top, Haaland captaincy paid off with 18. Tony with 17 points, and that's the game changer. And then, <laughs> excuse me. Bless you. Um, that'd be nice for the pod. Um, and then Gabriel Jesus with the one point. But I guess the big thing here is when when teams are all a bit templatey, and I include myself in that, Trent doing well or Cancelo doing well or Salah or Haaland, it doesn't really see the, the big greens. But when you have a Trippier getting eight points or a Tony getting 17, or even Nico Williams' is four is, is, is welcomed. These things really, really help, right? They're the ones you need. They're the, they're, you need what you get one of those a week and you're going to have an outstanding season. So yeah, I was very happy. The transfer paid off to, from, from Perisic out to Trippier in, but I was, I was most happy with Tony, obviously. 17 points is tasty. When I was listening on the radio on my drive up to Yorkshire that Tony had a penalty against Melier, both my players, I wanted Melier to save it. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to save one because I wanted Leeds to win the football match. Um, as I drive up to Yorkshire to see my <laughs> father-in-law, who's a big Leeds fan. Um, but also I, I was desperate for some goalkeeper points for once. But as soon as Tony scored, obviously I wanted the floodgates to open. In the last two games, Seb, I've owned Tony. He's been getting good XG. He's mm. been getting good chances. He hit the post against Everton, but he had two blanks. And a lot were looking at my team and, and were sort of saying, oh, you need to get rid of Tony. As long as he was getting the chances, I was happy. And I liked this Brentford team for goals. So I was delighted to see him get the hat trick. And obviously he's now got a couple of nice fixtures as well. Um, so yeah, it was a good week. Yeah, and I mean, the hat-trick he got as well was, it was sort of an unusual one because it was a penalty, a free kick, and then we lost the ball in a defensive transition, and he, but he had a lot of work to do still. There was about three lot players work. between him and, the ball, uh, him and the goal, and he still chipped it in. It was very nicely taken. So, yeah. like you say, you know, maybe in previous weeks he's had good chances, hit the post, got unlucky, and this week he gets, you know, odd, almost odd, you know, unusual chances, if, you know, direct yeah. free kicks are rare, and gets all the points. So, it evens out nicely, and I think it's a good pick. Especially as you say, you've got this four-three-three. Perish just to Trippier is a nice move with those minutes going forward. I guess the only question I've got for you, and you'll know this because of our pre-season chat, is Melier. So you didn't start with him, did you? No. So and I what, said, what made you bring him in? 
I just needed a replacement for Leicester goalkeeper. Seeing seeing what was happening at Leicester, right? I had to sell Ward and Everson. You have to, you give them a few games and you go, wow, it's time to move on. And I was shopping for a 4.5 keeper. Now this was two weeks ago. If I bought Sanchez, I'd have the same points. If I'd bought Raya, I'd have had the same points. So whilst everyone was telling me to buy Sanchez and Raya, in this two-week period, Melier has matched them, matched them, been equally as poor. But the 4.5s haven't been performing. The only 4.5 option that, that has done significantly better was Guaita. So, and he was one of the four players I was considering with the other two I mentioned. Um, this little period has shown me I should have waited and found the extra 0.5. I wanted to spend five. I wanted Nick Pope. I wanted potentially a Ramsdale because I was looking at selling Sinchenko. And I didn't because I was desperate to get rid of the Leicester keeper. Now I'm already looking at how can I get Pope? Um, so again, it'd be another transfer on a goalkeeper, which seems crazy. These aren't moves we like to make as FPL managers. Now, sure, on a wild card, I'd ship him out. But if I'm not on a wild card, am I still looking at Pope? Possibly in the next couple of weeks, but I have got a few other fires as well. But yeah, the 4.5s aren't delivering. I, I just liked Melly. I like, I like what Leeds, I liked what Leeds were doing a couple of weeks ago and they looked fairly tight at the back. And I didn't like Brighton's fixtures coming up and, and they didn't keep, they haven't kept clean sheets in the, in the last two. So when everyone was telling me to buy Sanchez, that wouldn't have worked either. Likewise, Brentford now playing with a back four. I don't see many Raya clean sheets. So I do think it's really slim pickings at 4.5. Have a Guaita, Crystal Palace are a good team and probably the best of those teams with 4.5 keepers. Okay. Brighton, maybe. Um, so maybe I should have gone there, but it's fine margins with the 4.5s. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Uh, people saying I was a little bit quiet, so I have tried to adjust my mic here. I'll probably be too, now, too loud now, but thank you for the feedback. Try and even that out for you. So we're speaking about wildcards and what you might do next. Shall we move on to what you are looking to do this upcoming yes. week? And I think I'm going to need to steal your moves. So we have your team here. You have one free transfer and 0.4 million in the bank. And your team is Melia in goal, Trent Cancelo, Trippier, Zinchenko, Martinelli, Salah, captain, Gundogan, Haaland, vice-captain, Jesus, Tony, and you've put Nico Williams on the bench this week, Everson, of course, Andreas, and Reed. So firstly, you've benched Nico. What have you changed there before we move on to what you're thinking about transfers and captain? Yeah, bench Nico and Zinchenko comes in. I, I benched Zinchenko for the trip to Old Trafford. Um, I was confident he'd start. A lot of predictors, most predictors had him out the team, which I was surprised at. Like, Arteta hasn't signed Zinchenko to uh, sit on the bench. He's going to be a mainstay in that team, whether he plays midfield or left back. I know he was flagged, but he was pitched in training for the last week. Um, so, yeah. I think the Arsenal defence will stay for a couple of games. And when everyone wildcards in a couple of weeks, of course, they're going to bring down their triple Arsenal down to single Arsenal or double Arsenal. Um, and Zinchenko to Reese James is a move I've got in my head in a couple of weeks time. Come like game week nine, I want Zinchenko out for, for and I want Reese in. But until that, I'm happy with the Arsenal backline. And I look at my team this week and the fixtures aren't too pretty for my players. Um, the triple city is an interesting one. They did very well in Seville on Tuesday night. Um, Gundogan was rested, dropped, whatever. Does he start Tottenham? Again, I'll be looking at those City predictors because my, my planned sell this week was always Gundogan out. Okay. And again, so I'm shopping for a midfielder at around that six to seven million bracket, knowing I want to save a little bit of money if I can. And there are, there are loads of options. What's Rashford. A, what are you thinking? Yeah, um, Rashford's probably good. I Rashford's mean, the obvious one. Yeah. The, the Brighton guys are, I mean, you could go Trossard, Gross, or McAllister, save funds. Uh, Brighton got good fixtures. Um, the plan move was actually Sinistera. 
but I'm not so sure I want to go Leeds now. Okay. Well, because because of the loss to Brentford? Because our fixtures are a little bit worse? Or what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, the fixtures are okay. And the loss to Brentford, at least you scored a couple of goals. It was more, I have been really, really... Um, I've, I've loved what I've seen with Brighton. And I've loved yep. what I've seen with Rashford, in a way. So it, it, it's not that Sinistero or Leeds have done anything wrong. It's more, this weekend has shown me maybe there are better options. Yeah. And Brighton scoring big was impressive, although it was against Leicester. And we do have to caveat that. Yeah. Um, I'm just not sure who the guy to go for at Brighton is. I'm not a big Pascal Gross fan for FPL. Um, and Trossard would be my my fun, higher ceiling pick. Even if he ends up at left wing back half the time? Even if he ends up at left wing back half the time, he started the season at left wing back mm. and he was still so advanced. So, yeah, I looked at the average position maps the other day. Trossard at left wing back is still almost as advanced as, well, he's more advanced than McAllister and as advanced as Gross. So it doesn't matter. The only thing much. I'd say with that, with Brighton average position maps is Potter, who I adore as a manager, but he moves people around in match so much. He does. That those, you know, Trossard will go from left wing back to striker to, I don't know, midfield somewhere. Yeah. So it can be a little deceptive. And of course, there's a Stupney in there as well for left wing back. But I mean, hey, if he's playing well, fair enough. I think, I think there's some lovely options. Gross feels like the, the steady pick, and I don't mean that disparagingly to, you know, picking a steady player, because I think he starts, he ticks over on set pieces, he creates your score a few. McAllister, yeah. for those penalties, a little bit of the old, you know, Milivojevic or whatever you want there, yeah. and, and a worldie every now and again. And then, yeah, Trossard, maybe the, the slightly sexier pick. So no wonder you fancy that one, Yanni. I mean, I don't think I've ever owned Pascal Gross. I don't think I ever will. As good as he is, and he's in like, what? He's in probably, he's almost in half FPL community teams now. That's just not someone I would pick. No, I don't. I have these players. I just don't go for the steady eddies. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, I mean, entirely reasonable. When I was talking to Az last weekend on the deadline stream, or two weekends ago actually, you know, there's obviously there's you know people play FPL in different ways, and ultimately there's only one way to play, which is to get the most points. But then people have different processes to achieve that goal. And then yeah. even is the one way to play, or is the I think Mark was saying that you know what, of course I want points, but also I want to have choices to make. I want to do something interesting. I want to cheer X and Y and Z on at the yeah. weekend. So yeah, entirely fair, entirely fair. Whatever you bring out of it, I think that's absolutely fair as long as you're happy with the approach you're taking. And if yours yeah. is to bin off Pascal Gross because you hate the man, fair enough. Yeah, and look, Sinistera plays Nottingham Forest, and I do like targeting Forest backline, especially at Ellen Road. And as a Leeds fan, Seb, I, we haven't seen him string starts together but of course he's going to be so he was starting very soon so yeah. he's i mean uh, he's probably my pick he's our first choice right winger he's still having his minutes managed a little bit so he's being subbed yeah. off early but that's just a fitness thing bamford hasn't even got his start yet because he's being managed very carefully maybe a bit yeah. of a hangover from bielsa there still i think i would go with sinister for sure yeah and bamford should start this weekend which could increase the assist threat he came on Rodrigo injured now might be the time to I'm, start him against Forest. Do you think for 60? I'm not sure. I may be just being a bit cautious. But when Rodrigo was injured, Joffy uh, Gelhart that is came on, yeah, and then he came off and Bamford came on, yeah, and then this weekend Gelhart started up front and Bamford 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 came on later. So I think it's very much a case of we're trying to ease him back in. You know, he had a big injury and then he suffered complications from that. We're trying to give him just a little step up each week. I don't know if the jump from however many minutes it was, half an hour or whatever, 290 is what we'll do, or whether he'll spend another week on the bench and then maybe start. But the key thing is we look so different with him on. Like he is, in Bielsa's system, he was key. And in Marsh's, he still is, right? We're very, 
direct maybe isn't quite the right way to put it, but it's this vertical transition. We're about pressing from the front, winning the ball quickly and getting it to dangerous areas. And if we win the ball at the back, we want to get it to dangerous areas quickly. And we don't mind losing possession as long as when we get it, we put the team in a position to threaten. So it's almost about attacking via winning the ball as opposed to holding the ball in a city style. And someone like Bamford, who creates that focal point up the front, is really important for us. And that's not to mention, of course, his goal scoring, which is more important to us in FPL. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of a headache I've got with the Gundogan pick. And I only bought him in short term. The plan was only two weeks. I've had my two weeks out of him. He didn't perform. He played quite well. I think I got an assist, but um, didn't get me the FPL points. Um, but I don't want that headache. Will he, won't he start? And at the time I brought him in, Bernardo Silva was still, might he go to, to Barca? Um, and Gundogan being captain, playing almost second striker at times. But ahead of Spurs this weekend, I don't want that fear. Will he, won't he start? Will he get the 10-minute cameo? Will I have to play Nico Williams or Andreas Pereira? So it seems like an obvious move to, to make. Rashford will be the one that most will be screaming at the screen going, why not buy Rashford? I'm a bit hesitant on Rashford, although that might be the direction I go in. He always, has always wanted to be a number nine. He's being given the chance. But if... Ronaldo or if Martial play number nine in the Europa or even in the Premier League and do well, Rashford will be first to drop out because he's not going to be playing wide forward in that first choice Man United 11. Sancho and Anthony are absolutely the two wide players in this team when fit for the Premier League. Absolutely. I'd be very surprised if Rashford plays over a Sancho or over an Anthony, for example. So for me, when everyone is fit and everyone is fit at the moment, he needs to be playing number nine. And yeah, he's got that spot and he's scoring goals. But it suited him against Arsenal on the counter-attack as Arsenal had a go. How's Rashford going to play number nine against low block teams that don't have a huge amount of the ball? I'm not so sure that Ten Hag will want him even playing in that role. I think he'll, if fit, Martial comes in, even Ronaldo if he's scoring goals. So I'm a little bit hesitant. For a short-term pick, I think Rashford's great yeah. for the next couple. But Knowing I'm not looking to wildcard, and maybe I do wildcard, but for the next five, six, seven games, do I want Rashford? I'm not so sure. So what's your plan with the wildcard then? You know you're not doing it mm. at least eight and nine, you think. We were on Scoutcast last night. We were just looking at the fixtures. And I think nine is a nice little shift, especially because what I maybe want to do is dead end into eight, you know, maybe lose Salah, then wildcard those players back in or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this isn't about me. It's about you. So maybe 12, 13, is that an idea? Bearing in mind, you probably want to use it before the World Cup, I'd imagine. Yeah, I have to use it before the World Cup to 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 make the most of the unlimited transfers during, right? I have thought and haven't seen anyone speak about this and I haven't looked into it properly. So please don't judge me on it, everyone in the chat. I have <laughs> thought, largely. might it be fun to wildcard in game week 14, 15? And you effectively are giving yourself a one week free hit or a two week free hit. How fun could that be? You have a two week free hit. Um, now there are players I've looked ahead very loosely. I say I haven't planned this and I really haven't, but the start of the season I looked, um, and thought, Oh, could you wildcard gaming for in? And I remember thinking KDB had two really good fixtures and Salah had two meh fixtures. So it's like you could go really big on KDB Haaland double up for two weeks or whatever. So that could be something I do. Um, and look. I might go, let's, could get an injury or suspension in game week eight, nine. There are four players in my team that I really would like to, to get in. And then I've got my wildcard team. And I think I can get those four players with transfers. I want to replace the goalkeeper. I want to replace Zinchenko in a couple of weeks to reach James. I want to replace Gundogan. And I want Mitrovic. If I was wildcarding, it would be my team pretty much plus those, maybe one or two extras with good fixtures. But again, 
do we really care about a Leicester fixture swing? Not really, unless the new manager comes on and smashes it. Um, do I really want to get rid of all my Arsenal assets? I'm not so sure I do. Martinez for me is a long-term hold. Jesus could be too. Um, so I must admit, I haven't looked ahead at game week 12 and looked at fixture swings. I am due to listen to Scoutcast. I'm flying to New York tomorrow and I'm Ooh. planning on listening to oh. Scoutcast. Um, going for a fest, a, a fest NYC, which should be fun. Oh, so if you're listening goodness, from the States, guys, tickets still available. It's, it's, uh, me, Mark Southerns and Ed meeting with the always cheating guys to come together to an event in Brooklyn. Oh. So that should be fun. This podcast is sponsored by Paramount Plus where Champions League soccer is back. Nine months of heart-stopping, hold-your-breath exhilaration starts on September the 6th with the biggest stars and top teams across Europe. Watch every match from the group stage through to the knockout rounds as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title against the likes of Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, PSG, Barcelona and more. Don't miss a single second with Paramount Plus starting from September the 6th. Um, so yeah, I'm not too sure, Seb. I mean, you said game week 12. What sort of fixture swings do we have there from memory? From... I think I mean game week 13, by the way, 12 being the last, you know, okay, the, yeah. with, say, the poor fixtures into the good ones. Um, oh, I've not got it in front of me now, but it's similar. So I guess because it's close with nine and then 13, the main difference off the top of my head was that Liverpool and City between nine and 12 have poorer fixtures. I think yeah. there's an opportunity to jump off and back on Chelsea as well. So I guess maybe it's two ends of the same wildcard here. You're either using that wildcard to get off them and then get back on them. Yeah. Or the other way around, right? You transfer them out and you can use the wildcard to get back on them. Of course, there'll be some other swings in there. If I recall correctly, Newcastle have some good fixtures. Uh, Leeds are okay in there as well. Um, and Fulham come back into the picture with Mitrovic. Yeah. You know, he's he's fine against bad fixtures, it seems. But with good fixtures, obviously, he'll only really be want better him. for sure. So... I think, I think, yeah, it's an interesting one. And I'm, I'll tune in next week and see where your head's at. Um, yeah. I think this year, the wild card, it almost feels a little less impactful early on because we're kind of forced to use it quite quickly because the template is quite strong. Even the changing template is strong. It maybe feels like it's got a little less impact. And so maybe your idea of almost a free hit is better than it normally would be. Yeah, yeah. And I think one reason why I probably am swerving the idea of a, of a, of a wild card 8-9 and I say the idea because it could change. I could get, could, I could do a couple of drafts and go, oh, those four moves I want to make, I can only make one. And I don't really want to be taking an eight point hit or I don't really want to wait a couple of weeks for a player like Mitrovic or Pope or whoever or Reese James. The reason I'm not looking to pull the trigger and I've sort of ruled it out in my head already is I feel like I've got funds in the right places. I think there's a lot of teams that are big at the back with five at the back that are wildcarding. Sure, there's nice players they want and they have to use a wildcard in the next month or so. But I think the main reason they're wildcarding is they have no easy route without take, without two, three moves of getting a Tony or a Mitrovic, getting that third forward spot, right? They need to get money out the back and into the front line. And a wildcard is a very easy way of doing that without ripping up your team. Now, sure, they could do that in two moves, but they might not like how they have to do that. And they might be sacrificing a play they really don't want to sacrifice. So for me, I'm seeing a lot of drafts that are the 5-3-2 formation. Their third forward is a is bench fodder, is a 4.5. And they want to convert that into a Mitrovic. How do they do it? Well, I need to use a wildcard. There's some okay fixture swings. And you've got a couple of other fires. Let's use a wildcard. That's a thought process I think a lot of managers will have to go through. I'm not having to go through that because I've got Tony and I don't have big at the back. So I kind of feel like I'm a little bit up in terms of timing. Um, unfortunately, not in terms of rank. Those that went big at the back, the 5-3-2, 
with your Luis Diaz is your eight million mid, most of them, like you, Seb, have got better ranks than I have. They're on three oh. to five hundred K rank. Oh, but I mean, you know, what is a few hundred K at this moment? It's like ten points. And I True. I mean, no, I didn't captain Harlem this last week. Uh, I also didn't have Tony's. It's not just that. And I dropped about 200k. So I don't think it makes a huge difference. And if you think you've got the team that people are going to want going forward, well, you're going to keep climbing those ranks, aren't you? And I mean me, right? I'm one of those people who is five at the back and maybe wants that third forward. Speaking of things I want as well, I mentioned I'd captain Salah over Haaland a few times. You have Salah over Haaland here. So last question before we move on to uh, touch a Kaling on Tuchel. That didn't work. Why have you gone Salah rather than Haaland? Um, fear of minutes. I did this before the Champions League. I didn't watch the City game last night. I watched the highlights this morning and noticed around the 70th minute that Harlem wasn't on the pitch. So I need to check when he came off. Um, it was 68 or something off the top of my head. Was it? Around okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, it might go back towards Harland. It might do. Um, I'm not sold on Salah. Again, I want to watch Salah against Napoli on, on Wednesday night tonight and I'll, I'll, I'll be watching that closely. Um, Salah with Darwin in the team. I don't adore Salah the way Liverpool are playing at the moment. I don't adore. I think the assist threat's there when Darwin plays. And sure, there'll always be goal threat. It's Mo Salah. More routes to points than any player in this game. He gets assist off his shoulder in the last minute and gets bonus points off the back of it. And that's a five-point assist, as we saw a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, So it's a tough one. I actually think the Wolves' defence is actually okay as well. Now playing a back four, the centre-backs that have come in look fairly good. Uh, Collins and Kilman's a nice partnership. And they've kept two clean sheets, I think, in the last two Wolves. So I'm not absolutely sold on Salah by any stretch, but I do, I am only considering these guys. If I had a Mitrovic with a really good fixture or even a Tony at home with a really good fixture, I might think outside the box. But for this week, looking at my team, it will fall to one of these two guys. And... I'm still not sure where I'm going to go, if I'm honest. You do have a Jesus at home with a nice fixture. I don't think Everton is as nice as people often think. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, I'm i still, you know me, Seb. I'm a bit of a Frank Lampard fanboy. He's not nowhere near <laughs> as good a, he's nowhere near as good a manager as he was a player. That's apparent for all to see. Um, but defend, I mean, Pickford's look like a man inspired. Um, however, you would look at Everton and go, yeah, they, they've not been conceding many, but they have been conceding tons mm. of chances. So maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe Jesus is worth consideration. I don't, if Jesus was fresh off the back of a brace, I'd probably be looking there. But in the last few games, he's obviously not been in the box a huge amount. And we know that's not what Arsenal bought him for. He's linking play very well and he'll get the occasional hat trick as we've seen. But I don't think we're going to see high, high ceiling regularly with consistency from Jesus. So actually, I argue maybe even if I was looking at a fixture, I'd go Martinelli over Jesus. I'm not sure. Um, Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I want to see you but, go Martinelli. A differential captain right there. But no, I'm pretty sure it'll be Salah or Haaland. And knowing Haaland's minutes, I'd probably be 51-49 in favour of Haaland at the moment. Fair. Knowing his minutes from last night. Fair. Yeah, I think so. The minutes, I've had to adjust my minutes expectation up. But the thing that's never changed is the points expectation. You know, per minute, his points are nuts. It's always just been, will he get enough minutes to outscore other people like Salah, who has underperformed, I think, probably in terms of what we'd expected from him. This weekend is probably the last time, uh, for a bit at least, that I'm just set on Salah without, uh, without question, not without question. But I think even if the minutes were the same, just that fixture, Wolves home, Tottenham home, I think Salah's points per minute are better and they probably haven't been in the last two. It's just the actual minutes that I got wrong. So this yeah. is the one where personally I'm happy to captain Salah. But after after this week, I probably do become a convert. Uh, I may even be going for Spurs soon. But yeah. speaking of London, Jenny, Tuchel has been sacked. 
we touched on it earlier, but yeah. the chat have, uh, have spoken about nothing else. So what do you make of this? Sure, from a from a real-life perspective, but from an FPL perspective as well, does this change your thinking? Should it change our thinking? Who's going to replace him? I'm just, so the reason my eyes have been off screen for the last minute is I'm trying to find the, next, the bookies' odds. And I always like the bookies' odds. So at the moment, we're looking at... Um, I'm just uh, I think this is Skybet. Um Potter is the favorite, 7 to 4. Ooh. I mean that I I like that, but I can't see it happening. Really uh, and then it's like... Poch. And as soon yeah. as he went I did think of Poch. Poch at 5 to 2, and then Zidane 6 to 1. Do you think so I I would really like the idea of Potter at a top club. Although it always I basically just want him to succeed Pep, I guess, because or maybe Klopp, hmm. because you know Man United Chelsea, it just comes with that. But if the boardroom is rubbish, is that going to handicap Potter? And I think he deserves more than that. I really, really like him. Yeah. And I guess Pochettino is an interesting one because a bit like when Man United were pursuing him, you wanted Spurs, Poch, right? Has he been yeah. that manager for a while? If he came into Chelsea, would they be getting the manager they want? I mean, I was disappointed with Pochettino at PSG. I really was. I I was I'm surprised. And I, I wonder, is PSG, is Chelsea more PSG than Spurs? Big personalities in the dressing room. Um... I don't know. I mean, Spurs, it's the same league. So maybe, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe it's more Spurs, but I'm not sure. I'm not completely sold on Poch. And maybe that's because he's had opportunity to win stuff and hasn't won stuff. Potter hasn't won stuff, but he hasn't had the same opportunity. So Zidane has had opportunity and won lots. Um, but again, doesn't inspire me. He's third favorite at six to one. I look at that. I probably actually on reflection do like Graham Potter also. Plays wing backs very often. Yep. I think Chilwell and Reese James under Potter would be sensational. Well, like, get, uh, it's, it's all a plan for him to get Cucurella Cucurella back, back as yeah. well. That's what, that's what, that's yeah. the one he wanted. I think. I mean, if I was if I was Chelsea, I'd be pursuing Potter. I suspect they are. Yeah, It'd be interesting tactically because yeah, we'd probably see the three at the back continuing, but maybe with some very different approaches elsewhere. We've seen how he moves player, players around at Brighton. We've seen mm. how there's probably a bit more rotation. You know, you're Tyreek Lamp- uh, Lamptey, who I know because of injuries and everything, but. He just comes off the bench now. He never starts. We've seen the yeah, Solly March. He loves. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be interesting um, to see how he treats those players. And lack of a striker as well at Brighton. We've often said with Chelsea, like and Tuchel, Tuchel never gets nines absolutely firing. You could argue Potter doesn't really get the same. Is that because is that recruitment or is that tactics? I'm not so sure, and I've not studied I how think... Potter really plays his nines. But Lukaku coming back next summer. Yeah. He's only on a year's loan. Tuchel wouldn't want him back. If Tuchel's at the club, I don't know what happens to Lukaku. With the, whoever's now at the club next summer, Lukaku could come back and be a really good asset. I mean, I think, obviously, with Brighton's budget, I think their recruitment is very good. But it is hard to get that player that, you know, converts consistently. We've seen it with Neil Molpe. He put up the XG. And I think from a from a judging a manager's point of view, if you look at the XG, and I know I like that more than some people, but bear with me. If a team is putting up good XG, that probably reflects that a manager has got his team playing well, got a system that creates chances, yeah. and then it's just on the striker to convert. And while, of course, we'd like to think the manager can have an impact on that as well, it is probably a much smaller impact than creating the chance in the first place. So yeah. I would argue that if you give Potter a, well, goodness, a Haaland, but even just you know, maybe an Aubameyang, if you give him someone who can convert... I don't think we see the same struggles at Brighton. But really, the questions are elsewhere in, you know, Chelsea with Tuchel, right? It's been more about, if anything, that that midfield. Mountain Kovacic last night? Mm. Yeah, in a two. Yeah. 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 It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. Um, I don't know. I'm still slightly shocked. I did think Tuchel had a bit more credit in the bank. I'm, I'm, I know there was a lot of pressure off the back of the result last night, but I thought it was just Twitter pressure. I didn't really think it was, it was happening. Um, 
So I'm surprised this morning with that. And Chelsea, I know the result's poor. You you expect to win away in Zagreb, but the the performance looked okay. Like the second half, I mean, even first half, the goal came out of nowhere. So many big chances. He's he's been given so much money to spend. Presumably, a lot of these are his players. You know, Abamyang he's worked with before. He wanted Fafana, he got him. He wanted Kulabali, he got him. He wanted Sterling, who he's obviously watched very closely. You've given this manager all this money to buy his players and zero time with them. I mean, the squad is... I know over the summer, the recruitment was a little haphazard, but the squad is very good. I mean, it's maybe just that midfield pivot. And of course, they did try and recruit a bit more there. Um, Did Zakaria come in? Yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. And he hasn't played yet, but... Yeah, so there's maybe a bit of a solution there. Obviously, you want to fit Kante, but... That first choice eleven, and even some of the bench, is very good if you can get it. It's working. unbelievable. Very good. So I, I mean, think we've got the best squad, maybe Man City, but second best, certainly top two squads in the league for sure. Our squad's yeah. way better than Liverpool's. It's way deeper than Liverpool's. Yeah, well, I mean, Man City half their bench is their youngsters who are good players. Yeah, but theirs is... Pep likes a thin squad, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. So okay, last one on this then. Who do you think for FPL? Give me one player who, under a new manager, let's say it's Potter. Who's your pick in the next? Say Potter gets appointed before game week ten. Who are you going for? Reese James all day. Like Reese James is an amazing asset regardless, but we have seen Tuchel play right centre back a bit. And we thought probably not now Fafana's been signed, but the license to get forward down that right hand side under Potter will be equal, if not better, than than Tuchel. It will be Conte levels of wing back, right? Oh. The front five, back five. And Chilwell too, by the way. I think he'll play Cucurella left centre back more often than uh than than not when he starts. But Chilwell will be a beast under Potter too, I think. Oh, Johnny, your prediction is getting me excited. So, predict something else for me. We have our Fantasy Fives. I believe you and us have put together a team, five players, for this coming week. So talk me through your decisions here. Yeah, I'm just bringing them up on my phone. Okay, yeah. I'll read these out for people listening then as well. You have Ian Acho, who is, I'm guessing that's a points prediction, 6.5. Yeah, Tony, 6.5. Gundogan, 7.5. That, that sounds tough. It yeah. will be 5.5. That sounds very tough. And Zahar, 7.5. Yeah, it's so, it's so difficult. Look, you get all five of these right. It's, it's 10 grand. So Leicester, I'm going for a bit of bounce back ability. New manager bounce. <laughs> um, Aston Villa, they looked okay against Man City, but I expect them bit of a, bit of a derby there. I expect Leicester to actually show something and, and to win that football match. And Ian Atcho, goal last week. Going in that show because why not? I think the ceiling is potentially high there. Brentford, Southampton. I'm going for Tony with the momentum of last week. And even when Tony didn't score, and this could could look knee jerk for those bringing Tony in. Just know Tony's been very good all season. Brentford have been very attacking all season, and Tony's been getting chances all season. The front two of them, Bomo's really good. Um, there's still midfield creativity. The wing backs aren't wing backs; they're full backs. It's a back four, but they're still getting super high. Brentford attack looks useful, even without Ericsson. Um, so 6.5 again. So, you know, I'm needing, I'm needing two returns here for 6.5 for, for Tony. Um, Gundogan's, Gundogan's an interesting one. It, we, I might change this. Um, again, that was more, I like to pick players that I own in FPL so I can cheer on the same players. And because I'm currently on Gundogan in FPL, although I think I'll be selling him. Awobi at 5.5. Now, this is where I see, a potential, maybe not upset, but I see Everton potentially getting a goal. Yeah, I see upset strong. I don't see Everton winning or even drawing, but I do see Everton scoring. I'm not sure we're going to get Arsenal clean sheet in this fixture. Arsenal clean sheets haven't been brilliant of late. 
And Everton produced a lot of big chances. And I was at Anfield against Liverpool. I don't know if they had big chances, but good chances. And it won't be against his old club. I'm just going off that narrative. And again, you only <laughs> need one return at 5.5. Um, Zaha, he's just a fun watch. And again, it's playing against your old club at Sellers Park. This could be a really good test for Man United. And sure, you could tell they've just beaten Arsenal. They don't need a big, they don't need a test. At one all, I thought Arsenal were going to go on and win that game. And things swung in the favour of United and fair play. They won the game and did very well at Old Trafford. This is away from home. It's one of the hardest places to visit in the Premier League. Sellers Park will be rocking the Super Sunday game. I like Palace and I really like Wilfred Zaha this season. He looks like he's really firing. Although, was that just because the transfer window was still open? We see this a lot with Wilfred Zaha in the transfer window. Um, every, every, every January and every August, he's amazing. Um, so let's see. Um, but again, I'm going for Zaha because it's a fun pick. And I want to cheer on Palace because they're almost like my second team. And United are my least favourite team Wait, in the you league. Have, so, you, you know. have more than one team. I would never have guessed, Chaddy. Those, those oh, shows you know. behind you are all just Chelsea, right? <laughs> um, I've got a few Palace shirts, yeah. Um, <laughs> look, because I used to work at Palace, I have loyalties there. I have a lot of loyalties towards Palace. So, yeah, I was in Yorkshire yesterday, long dog walks. I was kitted out in Palace. I've got all, because I've got all the Palace gear from when I, I had the job. So, yeah, um, someone would see me and go, yeah, I once got stopped at petrol station and when some bloke went, do you play for Crystal Palace? Because I was wearing the tracksuit and I was like, oh, no, here we go, a little humble brag there. I'd be like, oh yeah, because the tracksuit, yeah, with the, the man bun. Yeah, like, nothing to the man bun. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I thought that, I thought the Renault Clio might be the giveaway, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm going for Zaha in that one. Fair enough. Fair enough. I like it. Other than, other than Awobi, which I'm unsure on, but I get it. You've got to go for your gamble. And I guess yeah. the skill here is trying to predict points from someone who they haven't predicted right you've got to yeah you've got to get your overs and unders so while i think awobi is is going to lose this for you <laughs> hey i will put respect on your name if he if he does come in not for me sir for us i'll be for sharing us. the 10 grand with you but yes. i'm not changing awobi because all the arsenal players need two or three returns so it's like oh awobi i just need the one return fair fair i feel you okay well i think that just about wraps us up for today thank you so very much for having me jenny i've enjoyed this it's been good fun thank you for hosting seb cracking job and look forward to doing it again guys in the chat there's over 400 of you that's awesome but only 58 of you given the thumbs up come on let's tick that up before we leave hit that hit that like button and do subscribe to the channel guys but yeah thank you for watching i look forward to going through the comments i often do later so if you've got any questions i'll try and answer some ah brilliant well Thank you, and uh, I look forward to you having Az back next week with a slightly better microphone, maybe. I'll try and get that sorted. Thank you so much for people pointing it out. It is a goodbye from me, and good luck with your week this week, Jenny. Cheers, guys. See you later.